Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Hey everybody, I am so excited to be bringing a message to you today. I can't tell you how excited I've been to preach this and I really, really believe today that God is going to speak to you. So I need you to do a few things. I really want you to open up your phone or get a notepad to take notes today. Okay. And trust me, the Holy Spirit knows when you're on Instagram. Okay. So I just want your notes open because I'm going to teach today a message that's going to blow your mind and I really believe it's going to bless you today. Um, By the way, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Kobe and and I'm so honored to be on team here at Vivid and and I'm really, really excited to be with you today. I believe that God's going to speak to us. I want to start with the Bible, okay? So let's open our Bible today to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1. Uh, Here's what the Bible says. Let's read together. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Isn't that so cool? What the Apostle Paul is telling us is that even though their bank accounts were looking kind of empty, they still were expressing this incredible gift called generosity. Look what the Bible says. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for their uh, first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. We're going to keep going. Check this out. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, in your gifted speakers, in your knowledge, in your enthusiasm, and in your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. The NIV translation says this. I want you to excel in the grace of giving. Verse 8. I am not commanding you to do this. But I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it to the eagerness of the other churches. Come on, Paul's a G. Let's go. Okay, verse 9. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, And you were the first to begin doing it. Now finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving and given a proportion to what you have. Man, man, I'm so excited to be bringing you this word today. I want to talk about the grace of giving. That's the title of the message today. We're going to pray, then I'm going to get into it. And like I said, you're going to want to take notes. I really want to teach today about this amazing gift that God's given the church called giving. Um, So let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Remember the titles, the, The Grace of Giving. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you speak to us today? We know the devil does not want us to hear this message. So we're going to lean in like never before and listen as you speak to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. 
Have you ever received an awesome gift before? I, I mean, if, if I look back over my life, I've received quite a few awesome gifts. I remember probably the one that sticks out the most in my memory was back in, maybe it was the late, or the late 80s, early 90s. My parents went out for Christmas and I had asked for a Super Nintendo. I don't know if you guys remember the Super Nintendo, but it was pretty super. It was pretty amazing and I was really excited for my Super Nintendo. I didn't know if I was gonna get it. Then Christmas Day came along and lo and behold, under the tree was a Super Nintendo, and I remember ripping the wrapping paper off of that gift, and, and I ran outside, I literally ran outside, there was snow outside, it was a white Christmas, and I screamed out to God. I said, I got a Super Nintendo! And I was so pumped to receive this awesome gift. We, we just kind of experienced a celebration like that in our house. Um, uh, my kids have been begging me for the last couple years to get a dog. Okay, and and I'm I'm not a dog guy. Okay, Pastor Justin's sitting here right now, and he's kind of laughing at me because he's like, "You are now, buddy. You're a dog guy now." But I've definitely never really been a dog guy. Like I, I could go my whole life and just never own a dog and be totally fine. But my kids were begging for one, and I always said, "No, there's no way on God's green earth we're getting a dog. We already have enough living things in our house. I got four kids, people. I don't need another thing running around peeing on my carpets and." Ripping things up. I just didn't want that to happen. But my kids began to pray. Let me tell you something, people. It's dangerous when you begin to pray and ask God for things because sometimes God answers your prayer. And my wife began to talk to me and my youngest son, Judah, has some special needs. And she thought it would be cool to get a dog that could kind of hang out with him while he's hanging out wherever he is. And so we were talking about this and she wanted to get a big Labrador retriever because she thought they'd be great for a guy in a wheelchair and just to hang out with him. And I thought, man, I don't want a dog that's that big. I don't want a stinky dog that's so big and our house is not, not so big and I didn't want this big dog. And then an opportunity came up and, and one of Jenna's friends had a bunch of puppies and they wanted to give us this great deal and it was a smaller dog. And so I was kind of weighing it out like, do we get a lab in the future or do we take this opportunity right now? And well, guess what? God answered my kid's prayer. And on my son Jed's birthday, we, we got, we said, hey, we're getting a present that's for all of you. And we got presents for all the kids and we got little dog toys and, and, and we wrapped them all up and, and the kids all opened them at the same time. And when Jed opened that dog toy, he realized that his prayers had been answered and he had gotten an incredible gift. He was about to get a dog. And I don't know if you saw the Instagram video. My wife posted a video. Jed, he just put his arms forward like this and he went, praise Jesus! Praise you, God! Oh, I worship you, God! I've never seen a seven-year-old worship God that hard. I mean, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, there were tears coming down his eyes. Have you ever received an amazing gift before? And we're in a series right now called Per Capita. And what Pastor Justin has been teaching our church is that God has given gifts to his church. Per capita means upon every head. And I, and I want you to hear this right now. Every single person that is tuning in right now and listening to church today, there's a gift on your life. 
God has given you an amazing gift. And guess what? It's better than a Super Nintendo. And it's better than a dog. And if, if my seven-year-old could get that excited about a dog, we ought to be excited about the gifts that God is blessing his church with from heaven. Like, like before you were created, God specifically designed you and put a gift on your life that would serve people and build the church. And that's what this series is all about. And today I want to talk about one of the greatest gifts. It, it, it's a gift that, that if we would recognize that this gift is on our life, it will change our church. It will change our city. It'll change our nation. And I'm telling you right now, it will change the world. That's why the devil doesn't want you to hear this. That's why you got to take notes. That's why you got to lean in. Today, I want to talk about the gift of giving. The gift of giving. It's, it's so cool. It's kind of a paradox, isn't it? Because it's like God has given you a gift so that you can give gifts. It, there, there's this awesome reciprocal thing that happens when we recognize that God has given the church the gift of generosity, the, the ability to want to desire and want, want to bless people and, and desire to give more and desire to do big things for God. I'm telling you, that gift is on the church. That's what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians. He, he was reminding the Corinthian church that, that giving is something that was a gift given to them by God. Giving was a gift given to them by God. Isn't that cool? And, uh, and it's a gift that's on your life. It's the gift of giving. It's such a special gift. I'm so excited that God has, has placed us in a generous church, aren't you? It, the, the atmosphere of generosity is a blessed atmosphere. It's a powerful atmosphere. And when we recognize that the gift of generosity is on our life, something's about to shift in the church. Something's about to change in your life. It, it's an amazing gift that God's given the church. And here's what Paul says that we need to do in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, grow in the grace of giving. That's what I want to do today. I want us all to grow in this grace that God's given us. We, we need to grow in the gift of giving. We're not going to remain stagnant. We're not going to stay the same, but we're actually going to recognize this is a gift on our life that we need to grow in. Now, now Pastor Kobe, what, why, why are we focusing on this? Why is this so important? Well, two reasons. One is, um, is that all of us have this gift. You know, a lot of the gifts that we're talking about right now um, are gifts that everybody has to grow in, but some people are particularly blessed in. And that's actually true with this gift of generosity. So, so all of us have it, but some people are particularly gifted here. It's true with the gift of evangelism. Here, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, do the work of the evangelist. But it also says that God has given the gift of evangelism to a specific few who are really great at leading people to Christ. In other words, we all should get good at inviting our friends and neighbors to church and telling people about Jesus. But, but also, there are specific people that when they sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, someone's about to get saved. They're just gifted. They're amazing at it. Hey, it's the same with the gift of giving. Hey, we're, we're all called to be generous. We all need to grow in the grace of giving. When Paul said we should eagerly, eagerly desire the greater gifts, certainly one of, one of those gifts is giving that we should all eagerly desire to grow in. But here's the second reason. Listen, some of you, you're specifically called to give. Like you, are, you kill it when it comes to this gift. And maybe some of you, you're new to faith or maybe some of you, that gift has lied dormant in you for too long, and God's trying to awaken this beautiful gift of generosity that's on the inside of you. You might say, Pastor Kobe, how do I know if that's me? Well, two reasons. One, you just love to give. 
hey, if you just love giving, that's not really normal. <laughs> you're gifted, that's so cool. And, and grow in that gift. And here's the other way, you're really good at like starting businesses and getting it done and being passionate and getting up early and making that money and, and, and building something and growing something and, and you've been fruitful in that area. Hey, if you've been really fruitful in the area of finances, you just might have the grace of giving on your life. And God's speaking to you right now and he's gonna help you grow in the grace of giving. So I wanna talk about biblical giving today. And I really believe that as we learn how to give, listen, we're gonna become more like Jesus. And, and I just wanna frame this whole message. Here's the big why behind we've gotta grow. We're never more like God than when we give. Man, Jesus Jesus has never needed anything. God has never needed anything. God only ever gives. He, he never truly needs to receive. Now, I understand he receives our praise. When we give him praise, God will receive that. Man, God receives honor from us. But listen, he's never needed our praise to be God. He's never needed our honor to be God. He's God all by himself. And he is the most generous God you could ever imagine. And when we begin to grasp the gift of generosity. We become more and more like God as we give. And I don't know about you, I wanna be more like Jesus. And so I need to grow in the grace of giving. So I wanna frame biblical generosity for you today. I believe we're gonna grow. Okay, so, so here's how we grow in the grace of giving. Okay, I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna teach today. You need to write down some notes. Here's point number one. Step one to growing in the grace of giving. Start to desire. Listen, here, here's, here's the first step of becoming more generous. Here's the first step of, of growing in the grace of giving. Start to desire to give more. Start to desire to give. Put a dream in your heart that says, God, I want to be more like Jesus. I have a desire to give and to do big things for you. Listen, if we leave today... And, and all that's happened is you've grown in your desire to give, we win. Because desire always leads to action. Something amazing is about to happen when you catch this vision that I'm a giver, I'm a generous person, I wanna give more. Look what the Bible says in Corinthians chapter eight, verse 10. The Bible says this, that here's my advice. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. We already read it, but I wanna recap. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give. See, Paul's speaking to their desire. He realized because they have a desire that they're growing in the grace of giving, and that's step one. Listen, nothing great has ever happened in my life that I didn't first desire. Like, like you know why I'm married to the most amazing woman on the planet? Right now, I'm sitting on the couch with Jenna, and I'm scoring some brownie points right now. You better believe that. I am married to the most amazing woman on the planet. I love you, Jenna Leash, but you know how that happened? It happened because I wanted to get married. <laughs> that, that was it. I, I had a desire. I had a desire to get married. And, and because of that desire, I started to grow, uh, and, I, and I started to say no to some things because I knew I, I desired a godly woman. I wanted a woman who loved the Lord. I wanted a woman who served in church. And I realized that I probably had to become somebody that loved Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I probably had to fall in love with God's church and serve in it passionately if I wanted to find that woman. And my desire started to shape me to a place where I found the woman of my dreams. And I'll never forget, we were sitting in the rotating restaurant here in Vancouver. It's just right over there from where we're filming right now. And we were going around there on our one-year 
your dating anniversary and I, anniversary, and I, and I recognize, man, I wanna marry this woman. It all started with desire. Hey, you know how I started to have kids? We wanted to. And, and that desire started to shape something and change something in our relationship. So we started taking the steps it took to have kids and now we've had four beautiful children and life is good, man. And, and you know how I became a pastor? I wanted to, I wanted to. There was a desire that began to grow in my heart for the things of God and I started taking the steps it took. Listen, it was painful to walk this journey to, to get to this pastoring that I'm doing right now and, and, and to this marriage I have right now and the kids we had. There's a lot of sacrifices I had to make but it all started with desire. Listen, the, the, the grace of giving is always gonna start with a desire to be more generous with the vision that says, I see myself as a generous person. I wanna become more like Jesus in this area. I don't want money to control my life anymore. I'm going to be a generous person. I'm telling you, the desire to be more like God, a desire to see yourself as a generous person, you're gonna to start to begin to grow like crazy in this area. And I really believe as our church starts to desire to give more, that God's gonna do amazing miracles in the midst of it. Because what happens is when you start to desire something, you're gonna say no to certain things, and you're gonna say yes to certain things, and you're gonna start changing your life around the person you desire to be and watch as God does a miracle. I'm telling you, step one to biblical generosity is desire. Hey, and you might be saying, Pastor Kobe, I have no desire to do that right now. I have really good news. You know what the Bible says in Philippians 2.13? It says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So if you don't desire right now, I just wanna challenge you to desire to desire. <laughs> and as you pray to God and you say, God, I don't desire right now to be generous. I really don't. I kind of feel afraid. I don't really, I, I can't let go of this stuff because you don't know the state of my bank account and the state of my finances. It's a little bit crazy right now. Just start to desire to desire and watch as God gives you the desire. Watch this, but he backs it up with the power, the ability, the, the, the wisdom, the encouragement to do what pleases him. It all starts with desire. Here's step two. Are you ready? Are you taking notes? Okay. I don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. He can see right through this screen and he can see. I want you to be taking notes today. This is good stuff. Okay. Step number two is start to tithe. Start to tithe. That's step number two. Step number one is start to desire. Step number two, this is, this is the bottom floor of giving. Okay. It's starting to tithe, starting to honor God with the first fruits of your increase. I'm telling you, this is a powerful message today. If you, if you will get on board with what God's speaking in this message, it will change your life. We need to start to tithe. See, desire speaks to the heart, but tithing, it begins to take what's in your heart and, and move that to your hands so we can actually make a difference here in reality because God wants to change your inside world, but he wants what's happening in your inside world to move into the reality of our church and the reality of our city. And that all begins with tithing. In other words, how do you grow in giving? You start giving. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's like um, if you wanna be more patient, if you pray for patience, God's just gonna make you wait. Isn't that awesome? And you're gonna begin to grow in patience it's the same with giving. If you want to grow in giving, you say, God, help me to grow in giving. Help me to grow in generosity. He's, he's going to empower you to start giving. 
It's, it's, it's how we grow, is we start to give. All godly giving begins with the tithe. Now guys, we need to understand this concept of tithing today. I actually have seven points I wanna give you on tithing because I wanna tell you everything the Bible says. Maybe you're skeptical about tithing. Maybe you've heard some bad information about what it is. Maybe you've been taken advantage of before. I have no idea what your background is when it comes to money and the church, but I wanna tell you what the Bible says because I really believe that the truth of God's word, listen, the truth sets us free. And once we know the truth about what God's word says about tithing, we get to be obedient and we get to see the world change around us. So what's tithing? So these seven points are broken down into two sections, okay? Number one, tithing is a biblical principle. And number two, tithing is a heart position, okay? So, so first of all, tithing's a biblical principle. Okay, I've got four points on how tithing's a biblical principle. Turn in your Bible to Malachi chapter three, verse six to 10. Some people call it Malachi, not Malachi, Malachi six or three verses six to 10. I'm gonna read it right now. The Bible says this, I am the Lord and I do not change. Some people say, man, uh, tithing's part of the law. We're under grace. God, God changed his mind. Well, right at the beginning of this passage, it says, I am the Lord and I do not change, okay? <laughs> we'll get more into that though. Uh, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you, the descendants of Jacob, are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And here's what Israel says back to God. They say, but, but you ask, how can we return to you if we've never gone away? And then God says this, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you, Lord? Here's what God says. You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great, you will not have room enough to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. I'm telling you, tithing is a biblical principle. Okay, so, so, so some people say this about tithing. They say, okay, tithe, I get it. That was Old Testament. That's the law. Then when Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled the law and now we're under a new covenant. Now we're under grace. Hey, listen, friend, that's 100% true. The law was fulfilled in Jesus and when he died on the cross, the Bible says anyone who believes in him is saved. Anyone who believes in him is right with God. And, and, and there's a lot of laws that we don't have to follow anymore because they were fulfilled in Jesus Christ and his dying on the cross. But listen, the law wasn't about the law. The law was all about the principles of God and teaching them to us. So even though we don't go to the Old Testament and follow the letter of the law, we need to look deeper to see the great principles of God's words. See, see, principles are like gravity. 
Listen, gravity exists, whether you believe in it or not. If I throw an orange off the roof right now, the direction the orange is going to go is down because there's this principle God's put in the universe called gravity. Listen, there are principles that God has in the universe that speak to our relationship with him and how we can interact with him and how we can grow with him. And tithing is a principle that predates the law. So listen to this, tithing's not a law. Tithing's a principle that predates the law. Abraham actually tithed. And, and he tithed because Abraham's a representation of faith. And faith honors God with the tithe. That's the picture of tithing. Listen to grace. Here's what I want you to know about this principle. Grace always goes further than the law. So in other words, yeah, you're right. We're under the covenant of grace. But grace is always greater than the law. Like if, if the law worshiped Jesus this much, grace worships Jesus this much. How do we know that? Matthew chapter five, the Sermon on the Mount. Time and time again, what Jesus is doing on one of the greatest sermons of all time on the Sermon on the Mount, he's explaining that the law was just because we were so sinful, God was trying to give us some rules, but now that he's fulfilled the law, we get to worship God in an even greater way. There's a couple quick scriptures I just wanna share to prove that point. Uh, one is in Matthew five, verse 27. Look what the Bible says here. It's really close to Malachi, so it's easy to turn to. The Bible says, you have heard, this is Jesus speaking, that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. You see, what Jesus is saying is that grace goes further than the law because the law says, hey, don't kill anyone. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. There was a deeper principle I was trying to communicate to you there because murder was just the ultimate expression of anger. And anger is going to distance you from me because I actually am the one who judges, not you. See, Jesus is saying that grace goes further than the law. There's another one right here in verse 27 of Matthew chapter 5. The Bible says, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. <laughs> See, grace goes further than the law. We, 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 under grace, we get to worship Jesus in an even deeper way. Because, because when we commit adultery, it's this expression of lust. And the principle goes deeper than that and says, hey, lust is this thing that separates you from God and it destroys your heart in this nasty way. And God wants something bigger and better. So under grace, we get to worship Jesus in a greater way. The same is with the tithe. You see, the tithe is the principle that God owns everything. The, the tithe is a reminder, a consistent, beautiful reminder, a worshipful reminder that Christians participate in, that Jesus is Lord of all and that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. See, see the tithe is the principle that God doesn't just own 10%. God actually owns 100% of everything I make and, and everything I have is there to worship the Lord and I wanna be obedient to him with it. So the tithe is a principle, okay? I wanna really quickly outline four principles of the tithe, okay? Here's number one. Here, here's tithing as a principle. One, tithe means 10th. 
Tithe means tenth. And I'm not gonna go into all the scripture references, but you better believe I got them today, okay? So if you wanna research more on why tithe means tenth, it's all throughout the Bible. You can just go on Google and say all the times that people give 10% of what, of what they have or their increase to God, okay? It's 10% of my increase goes to God. Uh, Hebrews 7 is awesome too because we see the explanation of Abraham tithing to Melchizedek and how he was really tithing to God and how he was honoring Jesus. And by the act of giving 10% of the spoils that he had just received, he was actually submitting himself to God and saying, God, you are my God. You are my father. See, that's, it, it's, a, it's a tenth. And here's the principle. It, uh, the tithe is actually a percentage of our increase so that every time we get increase, we get a reminder that this belongs to God. See, see aren't, aren't you glad it's not just, hey, over your lifetime, you have to give a million dollars to the church because rich people could do that really, really quickly. And if you don't have a lot of money, it's gonna take you a really long time. No, 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 God wants to, us to have a consistent reminder. It's a percentage of what we make. And if, if you make a little, it's just a little and it honors God just as much as if you make a lot and it looks like a lot to man because God looks at the heart and he wants us to be reminded every time we have increase that it all belongs to him. I don't know about you, but I want to be obedient with my tithe. Number two is it goes to the storehouse. That's what we just read in Malachi, in Malachi chapter three, that the Bible says, bring your whole tithe where? To the storehouse. Now, now what does storehouse mean, okay? It's a Hebrew word, and what would happen is there would would be local synagogues, and people would bring 10% of whatever they made. Now, that wasn't always money. Sometimes that was goats. You know, the Bible even talks about, like, the the food of the garden. They would bring 10% of it. In our society, now we, we use money for all of that, but back then, they had different forms of currency, and what they would do is they would calculate 10%, they would take it, they would bring it to their local synagogue, to the storehouse, and that would be distributed so that the work of the synagogue could continue and the synagogue would be fruitful and healthy and, and there would be an abundance in God's house. Listen, the tithe belongs to your local church. Now, I know it's a crazy time and we're all watching church online, but I wanna challenge you to be planted in your church. Listen, I enjoy sermons from all over the world every week. You better believe I'm listening to stuff and I'm getting encouraged by stuff, but there's nothing like being planted in the house of God. Psalm 92, 13 said, those who are planted in the house of God will flourish in the courts of our God. Listen, when you're planted, you, that you receive from the soil and you receive from the sun, but you also give back to that soil. So if you're planted in the house of God, let me tell you something, you're gonna flourish in the courts of God. The tithe belongs to the storehouse, the church that you're planted in. I wanna challenge you to be planted today. Point number three, uh, the tithe belongs to God. You know, the Bible says in Malachi 3.8, we've already read that, the people of Israel are like, God, how did we rob you? You're saying that we robbed you? We never robbed you. We never broke into the the church and we never took money out of the offer. We, We never did anything like that. He said, no, no, no. You've robbed me by not giving me your tithes and offerings because they belong to me. Listen, this is an incredible principle of God's word. In everything God gives you, he puts something that belongs to him in it. See, see I, a lot of people I know are really confused about the Garden of Eden, like Adam and Eve. It, it, like, like, why would God put a tree that belongs to him in the garden? 
You know, the, the Bible says, hey, this whole garden belongs to you. Any tree in the garden, you can take from it. You can eat from it. You can do whatever you want with, with this garden, except for that tree. That's my tree. Don't touch my fruit and don't touch my tree. And of course, what did Adam and Eve do? They went up and they took a bite of the tree. And, and, and now, now there's, you know, we have a sin nature and all of that stuff. But why would God do something like that? Because it's a godly principle that in everything God gives us, he tests us by placing something that belongs to him in it. See, we don't, we don't give our tithe. We return our tithe. We're returning something that belongs to God back to him. And it's a test. And every single time that we get an increase in finance, we get tested by God. And it's a test to remind ourselves who God is, that he is truly God, that he's the God that we worship. So, so we return our tithe back to God. I don't know about you. I don't want any of God's money in my bank account. I want to return it all to him. It all belongs to him anyways. And number four, um, why tithing's, uh, or about the principle of tithing is uh, our tithe is our first and our best. Listen, listen it's, it's, it's our first and our best. And here's, here's the principle. When we give the first and best to God, the rest is blessed. When we give God our first and our best, the rest is blessed. I don't want to give God any leftovers. He's God. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is first. He's first among all creation. He will not receive something that's not your first and your best because that's how he said he wants to be worshiped. That's how I'm gonna worship him. But listen, I, I don't tithe after I pay my mortgage because the mortgage company has no power to bless me. Only God has power to bless me and I need his blessing on my finance. Listen, I don't tithe after I've paid my taxes. You know why? Because the government has no power to bless me. I don't need a stimulus check. I need the grace of God alive and active in my life and on my finances. I don't know about you, but I need the help of Jesus to get me through this thing. And God promises to help. I want to tell you something right now. God can do more with your 90 than you can do with your 100. God can do more. With it. Get God's blessing on your finance. The first and the best belong to him, and the rest is going to be blessed. Here's the second thing I want to say about tithing, and I'm going to go fast, okay? So I want you to be writing this down. Tithing is not only a biblical principle. See, we got four principles there. It's a tenth. It, it, it goes to the storehouse. It already belongs to God anyways, and it's the first and the best, okay? Those are the principles of tithing, but it also it's a position. Tithing is a heart position. You see, tithing positions us to receive from God. Tithing's more than a principle. It positions your heart to receive something incredible from God. See, God's a good father. And the Bible says this, that God disciplines the ones that he loves. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Like God's not going to bless something that's out of order in your life. Because when you bless something that's out of order, it gets more out of order. You know, if you bless something that's disobedient, it just becomes more disobedient. And God is so faithful that, that he rewards us when we behave in a way that help, uh, helps us get further away from sin and closer to him. That's what happens when we tithe. We're understanding the nature of the universe, that Jesus is Lord. We're understanding that he's good. We're saying that he's faithful. And God loves to bless us when we lean into him. I want, I want to just really quickly say three positions of your heart when, when, when you begin to tithe. One, tithing produces humility in your life. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God, he, he leans away from the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In other words, when we're proud, he leans out from us, 
And when we're humble, he loves to lean into us and bless us. When we're humble, we position our heart to receive from God. Listen, when we neglect the tithe, what we're saying is, I got this, God. I'm good on my own, Lord. I don't need any of your help when it comes to my finance. I'm good to go. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's kind of proud. And and I need God in my finances. You know, this is a principle that actually exists in relationships as well. There's a reason that Christians save sex until marriage. You know why? Because the first and the best belong to God. Because we're humbling ourselves and saying, God, uh, I'm going to operate in a way that honors you in my relationships. I'm going to give the first to you. And when I do that, I'm humbling myself and I'm inviting you to become part of this relationship. Listen, God, God leans away from the property, favors the humble. Tithing's going to humble you. Number two, tithing produces generosity. The, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that God loves a cheerful giver. I don't know about you, but when my kids are not, uh, don't have gratitude about something, when they don't say thank you for something, man, it, it just doesn't make me want to bless them as much because they're not understanding how good their life really is. The other day, my kids were saying, Dad, one day are we going to live in a mansion? I told them, kids, the house that we live in right now is amazing. It's beautiful. It might not be the biggest house on the block, but for thousands of years, people dreamed about living in a house like this, and we're going to be grateful to God for what we have. We do live in a mansion. This is the house that God has provided for us. We're going to be grateful for it because I know the principle of God's word that when I'm grateful for something, God leans into that, and he always wants to bless gratitude. I'm telling you, tithing will make you grateful. Tithing will remind you that it all belongs to God anyways, that he's your provider, that your boss is not your provider, but God is, and he's going to help you out, and he's going to get you through. And the third thing that I want to say about the heart position that tithing uh, produces is that tithing produces obedience. Tithing produces obedience. You, you know, right now we have this little puppy, and, and, we, and just like I said before, it's like you, you've got to reinforce the right behaviors, and that's what good dog owners do. And, and, if, and, and when the puppy does something that's good, we, we celebrate the, oh, good doggy, oh, good dog, and we give the dog a treat, and the dog remembers, oh, that's a good thing that my owners like. And, th- and then if we, the dog does something that's bad, we just, we just don't do anything. We just sit back. A- imagine I rewarded my dog every time he peed in the house. <laughs> That would just mean that the dog would start to destroy my house. Imagine, imagine every time the dog ripped up one of my pillows, I gave the dog a treat. I mean, the dog's just going to start to destroy our house. But when the dog's obedient, we celebrate the dog. We lean into the dog. Listen, it's, it's the same with God. I'm not saying that you're a puppy, but I'm saying that you're a child of God. And God, when we're obedient with what he's given us and, and, and we do what his word says to do, there's just a, a leaning in of grace in that area. And God starts to get involved in what we're doing. Because when we lean out of God, it's not good for the church. It's not good for the house of God. But when we lean into God, I mean, it's just incredible what we can achieve together. So, so, so tithing is a heart position and tithing is a biblical principle. Now you might be saying, Pastor Kobe, this is a challenging message for me because uh, I haven't been obedient in this area. Or there's something else you said, and I'm like, oh, I missed that area. I haven't been obedient. Is God leaning out from me? Friend, I want to tell you right now that God's grace is so big, and he loves you so much that, that, that his grace is on your life, whether you've performed well 
or you haven't. This is just a principle of God's word. And when we lean into it, there's just a wind at our back when it comes to our spiritual growth. There's a wind at our back when it comes to God being involved in the things that we do and the things that we put our hand to and the finance that we have and the relationships that we have. Malachi is so clear that God's attitude towards us if we've been disobedient and not bringing our tithe, listen, it's not how dare you. That's not the attitude of God towards you. It's like, I, I missed my tithe. God's not, not like, how dare you disobey me? No, no, no. The Bible says this, that God's attitude towards us is when we've missed our tithe, when we've missed the mark is, I dare you. See, see this is what the Bible says. He says, test me in this. God's like daring us. He's like, I dare you to start to get faithful in your tithe. I dare you to start being generous. I dare you to start growing in the grace of giving. And watch, this is what the Bible says, that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that's so great and so big that you won't have room enough for it. Listen, friends, today, we don't want something from you. God wants something for you. That's why it's so important to grasp this principle. That's why it's so important to position yourself under the grace of God and say, God, I'm at your mercy. You're my king. You're my Lord. I need you involved in this area because God's going to do a miracle work in your life. I, I, I just believe it right now that somebody's receiving this message and a miracle is about to happen in your finance and in your life because that's how good God is. It's not how dare you. It's I dare you. I just have one more point, step three, and I'm gonna wrap it up real quick today. Step three is the, the way that we grow in our grace. And this is step one is we start to desire. Step two is we begin to tithe and understand that tithing is a godly principle and a heart position. And step three is we're gonna start being crazy generous. <laughs> That's how you grow. That's how you grow step by step. You say, I, I want to be crazy generous. And then you're like, I'm going to just obey God in, in step one or step two, which is just tithing. I'm going, I'm going to begin to ever, just be super faithful. And then I'm going to go back to that desire place. And I'm going to start planning on how I can be insanely generous for God and leave a legacy for generations to come. Like I said, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. That's what God wants for you. Listen, uh, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, that you can't serve two masters. It's either God or money. So choose whom you're gonna to serve today. I, I, I don't wanna serve money. I wanna serve the Lord. I wanna see God do incredible things in this city through our church. And, and, and he's put this grace of giving on this house and together we're gonna to do it. I don't know about you, but I'm dreaming about things. And I just believe right now, we're gonna have buildings in this city. We're gonna have buildings all over the world where, where we gather for church and where we worship God and where we honor God. Why? Because we go to a crazy generous church and the generosity is just gonna be crazy. I believe that, that in your life, there's gonna be stories of generosity. It's times when you stretched and times when you believe God and, and you were able to help somebody and they're gonna remember it for the rest of their life because God helped you to grow in the grace of giving. Listen, we're never more like God than when we give. 2 Corinthians 8, what we read before, talks about how Jesus became poor, and from his poverty, we have become rich. L listen, when God gave Jesus, he gave the thing in heaven that had infinite value to us. God literally bankrupted heaven when he gave his son 
Jesus. I'm telling you, God is a crazy giver. Heaven would not be awesome without Jesus. Jesus is what makes heaven, heaven. And the Bible says that God gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm telling you, God's crazy generous. And we've all received from his generosity when we receive Jesus. And there's this, there's this awesome exponential increase of generosity that happens when we receive the generosity of God. We start to become more and more generous and we start to be able to change the world because God's doing a miracle in our heart. So today I want to pray for you. I want to pray for two groups of people today. One, I want to pray for all of us that we might grow in the grace of giving. And two, I want to pray for those of you who, who know you're specially called to, to, to be a generous person and to do great things for God with your finance. And, and uh, I want to pray for you today and believe that, that any fear that you have and, and, and any challenge that you have, that God would set you free from that. And come on, let's go. Let's do some incredible things for God as we grow in the grace of giving. So let me pray for all of you today. And whatever group you're in, let's just receive from God together today. Lord Jesus, help us to grow in the grace of giving. Lord God, I, I thank you that Vivid is a crazy, generous church, God. I'm so challenged by the generosity that you've called us to, God. And upon every head, you've given this incredible gift of generosity. So help us to grow in the grace of giving. God, I pray that our desire is increasing today. God, God I pray that our obedience and our tithe, it's just increasing today, the enjoyment of it, the, the, the excitement around it, Lord God. I pray that you're just building that in this church right now. And God, I pray that you're raising up people who are crazy generous, just like the churches in the, in the New Testament, Lord Jesus, that, that we start to get excited about giving and we, we start going crazy. We start meeting some needs. We start building some buildings. We start seeing you do some amazing things as we sacrifice for you because it's not really a sacrifice, God. It all belongs to you. And we acknowledge you as God today, God. So bless the finances in this church, even through this pandemic, God. We receive your blessing. We know you're opening up the windows of heaven over hearts and lives today. Hey, and, and, and if you're here today and you need Jesus, I, I want to pray for you right now and believe that you'd receive the grace of God because that's really where it all starts. Step one is not giving. Listen, if you never gave a penny, God loves you. He just loves you so much. He gave the most extravagant gift, not expecting anything in return because that's how God gives. And, and here's how you receive Jesus. You simply believe in him for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So today, say this with me and receive Jesus. Jesus, today I believe in you. I love you. Be the Lord of my life. Help me to grow in your grace every single day. Thank you that heaven's my home. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, everybody said amen. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.